0: This is Malia Brown, and I am so grateful to bring you Many Ways to Peace. Thank you for amplifying peace just by listening. Thank you so much for listening to Peace Amplified. And it is such a joy and a delight for me when People in my life recommend beautiful people to interview on this podcast, and today I'm speaking with Celia McBride, and in looking at the things that she's doing in life, her artistic expression, her creation, the beauty that she exhibits in this life, I can't thank her enough for what she's bringing to the world, for the way that she speaks to the rest of us, talks to us about courage, talks to us about how we can be enough and i love the opportunity to share this podcast with you because i think she brings peace in our lives in a way that we're not yet willing to explore on a deeper level so celia thank you for being here
1: today thank you milia thank you so much for having me this is a pleasure
0: tell us something that the audience maybe doesn't know about you yet if they were to go and look you up they'd see of course you have a beautiful public profile but what don't we know about you just yet?
1: Mm, that's a great question. Probably that I'm funny. <laughs> I don't know if that's really I don't know if you can really see that on my website. I don't know if you can really hear that in some of my talks. Like when you personal growth and and inner healing and spirituality can tend toward the serious and I love to laugh. I, you know, I was raised by two pretty funny people. My Both my parents have great senses of humor. And it's really only in the last few years, actually, where I've started to feel more comfortable about bringing that humor into when I speak and what I do. And I'm enjoying the freedom of that. Somebody said to me, I did a talk this last week, and afterwards she said, I, I really didn't know you were funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and what a great quality to bring to spirituality to bring to you know this the journey of wholeness the journey of you know kind of diving into the self as you mentioned and I love funny too I mm-hmm. think life could be more fun and easy by just generating more laughter yeah so I hope that we're going to laugh a lot on this podcast okay, great. even though we're going to talk about peace so we're going to bring people right with us and expect to laugh in this podcast that's great
1: well, we already talked about Einstein, who I am looking at a picture of behind your head, and I, I said he looks like a clown, and I meant that in the best possible way.
0: Yeah, and the funny thing about my picture is it's not the picture of Einstein with his tongue hanging out that is, you know, so kind of quintessential Einstein, right? My picture, he kind of looks a little somber, but he I does. think he's calling us to bring out our inner funny, right?
1: I think it's so,
0: funny for you to be funny.
1: With that mustache and that hair, how could you not think funny when you see him?
0: <laughs> well, I think too, you know, imagination is a big part of Einstein and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about, our imagination. Mm. And one of the things that is so important is, you know, what do you think could imaginally bring more peace into this world?
1: Mm. You know, the first thing that comes when you say that is John Lennon's song, Imagine. And I, I was listening to it recently. I i really was. I'm not just saying that. And I thought, God, you know, what a vision. Where What he's talking about is just just imagine that this is possible. Just for a moment, imagine what it would be like to not choose division or winning or violence just just imagine what that could possibly look like on a global scale and you know the imagination is the beginning of uh, all ideas and inventions isn't it this 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 flow of thought that comes from where we don't know, but we listen or tune in to this idea and then decide to follow it and then incredible things can happen. So I really do feel like we could we could live into this idea of imagining all the people living life in peace. And if we keep imagining that, uh, one day, who knows, manifest.
0: That's a great way of putting it. And you know what I love too about the imagination is it's available to everyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It is not exclusive. It's not held back. There's no right to it. You don't have to, you don't get charged for it. And I, I think that's about, it's, it's like being funny, right? It's, it's laughter is available to everyone and the imagination is available to everyone. And if we're going to do that, why not imagine a world where there's more peace? Thank you for bringing that to this conversation Mm -hmm. yeah that is really great and of course some people need a stimulus for imagination so go to the john lennon song why not yeah right but just imagine all the people living in harmony
1: that's right and i think we second we can second guess the imagination too because it can be strange You know, one of the aspects, so my primary focus today, these days, is as a spiritual director. And so what that is, it's a bit of a misnomer. It's, I'm not really directing anything. A spiritual director is more like a spiritual companion or another word for it often people use is soul friend. So one one of the practices in spiritual direction is active imagination. So I will encourage a client to go into their imagination and follow images that are coming up if we're working on a specific issue and you know I know from doing that practice both as a spiritual director and has a spiritual director doing that with me is crazy stuff can happen and I can think oh I'm not going to say that because it sounds strange oh I suddenly saw you know, a rocket ship exploding. And I think, well, that's weird. I'm not going to talk about that. So we, we might second guess our imagination because it's odd or we don't trust it or someone's going to think it's weird. And yet when I follow that, both personally and when I'm helping someone follow that, unbelievable things happen. Unbelievable mysteries unfold and so i just think our imagination is such a well of discovery i love that you brought it up
0: um you know the idea that we could follow something i I, i'm thinking um it might be still a little bit esoteric for people to kind of put that into their beingness and maybe they had that one experience, but they're not really clear that that's the one you're talking about. Could you give us an example of something that might've happened for you? An image that came that you followed that was a wow or sure. you know, ter- yeah, one of your clients.
1: Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll talk uh, personally. One of the first times I, I, experience the active imagination process I was I was in a spiritual direction session with a spiritual director I hadn't had too much ex- I was on a retreat and it was sort of my first time receiving spiritual direction and I was like oh this is like something people do and I get to have this and I get to be listened to deeply for an hour and uh, someone helped me to kind of unpack some of the darker pieces of myself and so we were talking about my my drive, you know, my verging on workaholic drive. And she asked me to just close my eyes and sense into my body where I was feeling that drive. And I said, Oh, I'm feeling some tightness in my throat. She's, you know, she talked me through just feeling into that and breathing into that. And she said, could you say more about it? And I said, it feels like someone has their, their hands around my throat and they're, they're gripping my throat. And again, she kind of guided me through that and listening and long story short what came was this experience of this merciless taskmaster inside of me you know this part of me that just has a relentless drive to succeed and will not let this this is 10 years ago now will not let me stop you know and from that you know we 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 released the hands on my neck. i I picked them up. I saw this like beautiful woman come behind me and put her arms around me instead. You know, so we kind of changed this like merciless taskmaster who's strangling me all the time to this woman with a a beautiful purple cape, who has my back? You know? And so we just did this imaginative. Reconfiguration of my inner life. And I could have stopped that while in the session, thinking, This is too weird. It doesn't make sense. Oh, it's kind of, you know, now everybody's using the words woo woo to describe this stuff. (laughs) I've heard those words. And I'm thinking, Yeah, like I'm all about the woo woo. People say that. And I'm like, Are you kidding me? Like, let's go into the woo woo. Why are you avoiding it? So,
0: Well, And, you know, that's like, I mean, what's so inspiring from a listening point of view, I think, is you hearing from yourself, Hmm. acknowledging and honoring that this was coming from within you. You know, I mean, you can't, we can't deny when it's coming from within, or maybe for a while we can, but it seems to symptomize, Um, you know, so when we do start to acknowledge it, what ends up happening is we get taken on a kind of an inner journey that allows us to. Go somewhere we really want to go, like where there is someone who has our back. Yeah, it's the inner self that felt like the taskmaster is actually a loving, warm embrace. And you, there's a piece that you talk about, which I we share a lot in common, which is courage. And somehow I think that peace and courage are quite related in that nature. And it's, it's it was a courageous act what you did to be willing to go inside yourself. Can you talk some
1: more about that? thank you yeah you know again when you say courage like i just and peace in the same sentence i go to the i go to the great teachers you know i go to gandhi i go to martin luther king like these were these were people that knew that walking through that fear of i can't do this you know or nothing's ever going to change they, they took courage to stand up and make a change. And I, I really think courage and peace go hand in hand because, you know, for me, my, the last thing I ever wanted to admit to anyone was that I was afraid, that I had fear. You know, especially like later on, you know, and currently on the spiritual path, again, these become things that the spiritual teacher doesn't want to say. You know, we think like once I have experienced some kind of enlightened state, then forget it. I can't admit that I'm human. And for me, you know, to keep admitting, to keep telling on myself that I have fear, you know, sometimes I wake up and, you know, I can know that we are all one and I can still wake up and be a cold, naked human, not wanting to get out of bed. So my my path is is this path of I walk through my fear, you know, and I and and there is nothing more courageous than that to say, you know, to do that thing that whoever wrote that book feel the fear and do it anyway, that that is the thing, you know, is is how do I not let that fear win? How do I take courage to do the thing that I think that I can't do? How do I take courage to stand up and say, you know, I'm scared and, and I, I'm willing to, to do something different? So that really is, you know, a big part of how I approach this, this path to peace, this path to inner peace, this path to, you know, external peace in the world is yes i'm afraid and i i just by letting you know that we we probably have a connection so let's let's just do it anyway let's take courage and do what needs to be done
0: yeah take courage and do what needs to be done really profound words and i think for many people we hear it so often you know feel the fear and do it anyway and then we deny it or dismiss it. And one thing I really uh, like about the work that I see with you is that for you, it's an experience. And I just want to kind of read back a quote, which I thought was so beautiful. You know, um, God is not something to believe, rather an experience to be lived. Mm -hmm. And tell just, would you expand on that a little more?
1: Well, belief for me gets eroded. You know, if I'm believing in something and then I'm hit, you know, the ship hits the sand, or I get smacked against the, the wall, life happens. What, where, what happens to that belief? It, either it goes away, or I just blindly keep on gripping onto it. Whereas an experience that I have that is you know, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual... I I have some evidence to back me up when life hits me. Life throws curveballs. You know, my mother just got really sick six weeks ago and she almost died. And it's like, okay, this is life throwing a curveball. What am I going to do with it? And if I just believe in God, then I'm suddenly... Faced with questions, which I'm faced with anyway, I think we all are. Why does this happen? You know, it, did she do something wrong? Are we? Is this a punishment? What does it mean? Whereas, if, if I have an experience of being connected to everything that I see, to everything that i am to to the wonder and the awe and the mystery of being that is creating and sustaining this very conversation that we're having that's an experiential reality then those questions change to wow this life just threw me a curveball how do i make meaning out of it how do i show up for it how do i take courage and use it as an opportunity to deepen my experience of the mystery of reality. You know, it changes the questions. Experiential, experiential reality changes the questions that belief can't answer.
0: That's a great way to put it. It changes... Yes. Changes what belief can't answer. So it kind of is an inner knowingness or something happens inside of us. It um, it reminds me of something which I I just want to bring up here, which I never thought I would address ever, but there is a heart uh, photograph on the Peace Amplified website. And I took that photograph and I took that photograph after an experience of going and interviewing someone who you know i thought wow this is going to take a lot of courage to really have this interview and the interview was a very surprising interview when i asked the person you know what do you think could bring more peace into the world The, the the person looked at me and said there's no possibility for more peace in the world and that was arresting honestly for me as an interviewer but for me for my worldview and belief But what happened for me is after I had this interview and I just kind of let, I was, I was with the person in her belief, right? I just allowed that to be that way. And um, what happened for me after this interview was I was driving down the road and this huge heart cloud came right above me and I put it on the website for other people to see that experientially, I know there was only love in that moment. You know, me in love with her as an everythingness, right? That she could be and express herself in any way she wanted to. And actually something grander here saying to me, thank you. Mm-hmm. I love you for your willingness to take courage and hear that
1: wow. from another
0: person. And so thank you for letting me share that. I That was um, it's a wow for me because that's inside of me, that experience is in me. And now I've given it to you.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that story. I love it because it, it, again, you know, I can believe that the universe or the cosmos is conscious of me. And, or I can start to look for those experiences that give me my own evidence of that and that for me is one that like that's a that's an evidence moment for me where i know that i am known that whatever it is that is making it possible for us to even have this conversation knows it knows how does it know because i know how do i know because it knows so there is something so exciting about those moments where we know. We know that we're known and that consciousness is not limited to the human mind. Thank you for telling that story. I love it.
0: And it's something that will never leave. You know, I'll, I'll always have the experience of it. And I think that's really powerful what you're talking about about the experiential knowing. When I walk around, I don't have to wonder. I'm very clear, and you know, evidentially speaking, I see other things too. But that one was <laughs> as grand as I had ever seen up until that moment. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So you know, speaking of that, you know, in what ways are you kind of creating life that is a peaceful life, or creating more peace in your life? What are you doing that you're seeing on a reflective? I'm creating this, and here it's coming back to me.
1: Hmm. Well, I think I do it by continuing to really love my humanity because I have been a person you know on the spiritual path that the more I experience these 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 evidences of, of a, a conscious universe, I, I start to kind of abandon my humanness or, or, or think that I don't have to have or be this kind of broken, wounded human person. And a very great man once said to me, he was a First Nations chief, and he said to me, and I was in one of these like super spiritual walking on a cloud states, and he said, you know, Celia, you we can't be so heavenly that we're no earthly good and i thought i need that lesson all the time so my own path to peace and again this is this is the teaching of of the universe this is the teaching of the the mystery of god i'm not making this happen is that whenever i think you know i don't have to be human and i get to be like guru on the mountaintop i get thrown back down to the bottom of the mountain. And so this embracing of my my humanness, my humanity opens the path to peace for me because what it produces in me is a, a state of humility and, and a response of compassion so that I'm not the more that I embrace my humanity, even as my consciousness expands and my spirituality deepens, the more that I align myself with others, the more that this divisive kind of judgmental us and them mentality that is so pervasive right now, even as as our consciousness is evolving and as the planet is becoming more and more aware of its oneness, this like backlash of divisiveness is happening. I find my alignment with all. I find my alignment with the, the, the other humans that are not separate or different from me, the more that I embrace my humanity. So this kind of beautiful response that I mean, I, I've, if we could give ourselves humility and make ourselves compassionate, that would, you know, I don't know if it'd be easier, but it, it would seem to make more sense. But humility and compassion for me have come through life lessons. You know, whenever I am barreling forth, I am given this kind of gentle teaching of i am I am a human, and I can't avoid that until I leave this body. so uh, as long as I'm in the body, I'm just like you, and you know where what are your fears and where can we meet each other there? And then, you know, uh, let's find courage together so yeah that peace that peace walk for me it starts in here you know i'm pointing at my heart right now it starts with looking at my humanity and being willing to accept my own you know inner divisiveness my own fear my own judgment all of these things that are are human qualities on the shadow side
0: well that's an interesting way of putting it and what you said about compassion and humility, it, it causes me to think, you know, we have, the starting point when you're pointing to your heart, of course, is having more compassion for you, even when you're on the shadow side, or even when the thoughts are, um, what some people might call dark thoughts or thoughts, you know, and it's, it's, not, it's not that we don't have these. You don't go somewhere, it's not like they leave your personage, you're human. And so these things are a part of that experience. And that's the humility of it all. Oh, well here, while I'm trying to be enlightened, I, you know, also am humble in noticing that when that person cut me off in the car, yeah, my initial instinct was not great. Have a nice day. Yeah. It was something, something else. <laughs>
1: yep, much different. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, I am, I really appreciate the practicality of what we're talking about. And I wanted to redress something, you know, some people say this word God and then people recoil. And so some, there's been analogies, you know, God being the grand overall design, or, you know, many people talk about it in energy conversation being all one energy. And that's the scientific bend to it. But I think you have a deeper awareness that if you're willing to share, I would love it. I think at one point, you know, um, your family experience was not this at all was and I don't know if it was always a oneness, but what happened for you?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I'm I I I do think God is a divisive word and I, I try to use other language knowing that it, it, it can divide immediately. At the same time when I if I am using the word and if I am you know talking about God I I am talking about something that, that cannot be named and cannot be understood with the intellectual mind. You know, if I'm talking about it in a Christian context, then, you know, we're talking about something specific. I'm talking about it in a Muslim context, we're talking about something specific. But as a, as a, you know, as a word that, that encompasses everything and nothing at the same time, it, it is, you know, it's the word. You know, it's the word. And and yet we do need to respect and understand that it means it's gonna mean something different for every single person. So it's hard to use it. And you know, my own story is that I was not raised in a, a religious family at all. And so I became a seeker, you know, and I I, I feel like almost grateful or lucky that I wasn't raised with a specific way of looking at god and then rejecting it because i know many of those people who were and now they don't even want to talk about it because it only means that one thing that they've now rejected whereas for me i was given nothing and so it became everything and it became all that i wanted to all that i wanted to know and love and experience in my life. So you know my 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 journey with God for has been you know a, a rejection a, a seeking of the word, a rejection of the of you know organized religion, going right into the heart of organized religion, and then coming out of it and and realizing that you know, there are as many names for God as there are people on the planet. There are as many experiences for God as there are people on the planet. And, you know, everything that I was ever searching for, I already am. So this this is, now how do I live from that knowing? You know, now how do I move from an intellectual knowing of this realization that everything I was looking for I already am how do I live from that place this is a whole other story you know as we were talking about earlier I can have I can experience an enlightened state we're all one I know it and then I'm yelling at the driver who just cut me off or I'm being crabby to the telemarketer on the. so how do I live from this this knowing this is a whole this is the practice and it's a whole other story
0: well that's a great um place that we can probably reflect is, you know, on the practice, on the practice. Do you have any practices that you use on a daily basis that help you kind of retain that experiential or dive deeper into the experiential?
1: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the first one is some kind of meditation practice. You know, for years I had a five minute, twice a day meditation practice. And when I teach meditation now, I say, listen, if you can do five minutes, like that is, all you need to do. And, you know, for 10 years, I did that. And it, it, I really think that it built a foundation for me to enter into a deeper practice that I have today, which I've had for the last six years, which is a longer sitting time twice a day. And so that for me, is a, it's a no- it's a no brainer or it's, it's not an option. Like I do it uh, even when I don't want to. And sometimes it doesn't happen, but I would say 99% of the time I am, I am sitting and I am practicing disidentifying with my thinking mind and, and identifying and consenting to the larger, deeper truth of who and what I am simply by sitting you know and that for me is a no-brainer uh, a prayer for me can mean anything that is some kind of a conversation with that which is creating and sustaining every conceivable thing in the cosmos so again this idea of is the cosmos conscious we haven't proven it but if i Act as if it is, and if I talk to it as if it is, it talks back to me. And I don't just mean voices in my head, I mean heart clouds in the sky, I mean, you know, you name it. It is responsive. And this is a very exciting thing for me to know that I'm in a relationship with that which is creating me. There's a relationship here. And so if I participate in it, it will, it too will participate in the most amazing ways. So those are some some spiritual practices, practical practices. When I am irritated, irritable, frustrated, anxious, depressed, I notice that that's what's going on with me. I try to identify what is bringing that up for me, and then I see if I can... Mm, what can I do with that fear? What, where, what, what, what needs attention? You know, what needs attention? If I'm judging you, I look at the quality that I'm judging and I find it myself and I release it. So, I mean, my, my practices are all about self-observation, self-awareness, and being willing to let go, let go, let go, let go, let go, let go of what I think, what I think I think, what I think I know. Overcoming, mastering this this monkey mind.
0: Yeah, mastering the monkey mind. And you know, some people have heard that and then some people haven't. So just mastering the monkey mind, just to touch on that for
1: a moment. So the people that have heard it, you know, I'm not saying anything that's kind of not out there in the in the personal growth or the spiritual sphere, which is I'm not my thoughts, you know, and I I, I have a mind that thinks it's, it's, it's nature. I can't stop and I don't want to stop it. But if I can start to notice what I'm thinking, instead of just being what I'm thinking, I have some agency over that mind. All of a sudden I have, oh, I just thought that that person was a jerk. Huh? I wonder, I wonder why, I wonder why I'm judging that person. I wonder what's going on. Oh, I don't feel, oh, she's prettier than i am oh i don't feel i feel inadequate oh i don't feel safe oh okay all right sweetie you're safe you're safe because you are the manifestation of everything that is you have the power of the universe inside of you it's okay you know so mastering that that negative mind the monkey mind the you know, the the, the the thoughts that take me down a rabbit hole of judgment and fear is the beginning of that. Just the very beginning of that is is starting to notice. Notice what I'm thinking. And then, you know, I can start to work with those thoughts.
0: That's great. And, you know, noticing and then creating a generative practice, of course, are two different things. And back to what we were talking about at the top of the hour, which was, you know, laughter. And, and you know, the Japanese have a, a laughing practice. They literally just go into a room and they generate laughter. And it's so interesting when we are experiencing fear or I'm unsafe or, you know, some noticing of maybe, you know, judgment around ourselves and how we might look compared to someone else. If we just create a practice around laughter, I'm going to laugh at myself. That's as yes. right? This is ridiculous. Yeah. Right. That mind is an amazing place. And I'm going to laugh and laugh.
1: <laughs>
0: brilliant.
1: Right. We just brilliant.
0: draw it right up and it goes away.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant. I, I love that. And another thing I do is I, sometimes I catch myself and I'm just like scowling and, and then I'll just smile. Like I'll just bring this huge smile to my face and it changes everything like immediately. It's one of the quickest ways to get out of this like, oh, you know, and I, I love that like bringing it into the next level of laughing. It is laughter is the best medicine. Who said that? It's so true. <laughs>
0: And It just gives us, you know, these wonderful tools that we have access to at any time. And again, they don't cost us anything and nobody can take them away from us. We have, as you said, at some point, you know, agency. We have agency over that part of our chemical nature of our body. First of all, just in a smile. Yeah. Right. A smile triggers all these chemicals through our body and we suddenly feel good. Yeah. Yeah and if we if we can't smile we can think of a little kid who we know that you know has a great smile and suddenly thinking of that little kid yes that and creates all those wonderful chemicals again
1: yes think of something funny now i'm actually wondering if einstein didn't say laughter is the best medicine
0: <laughs> was that him <laughs> might have been i don't know you know he he did say more imagination yeah. more imagination you know i one of my favorite stories about him is that they they would say that little kids would come to his door uh, when he lived here in the US and they would knock on his door and they'd say, Mr. Einstein, Mr. Einstein, and he'd answer the door. So how could I get better at math? And he'd say, Read more fairy tales. And then the next little kid, Mr. Einstein, Mr. Einstein, and he'd open the door. How could I get better, you know, it, it cannot, physics? And he'd say, <laughs> Read more fairy tales.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And so, you know, he was attempting to engage the mind with this you know we can actually think broader we can think of laughing we yeah. can think of a funny fairy tale that we have heard not yeah. everything has to be like a grim tale
1: <laughs> yeah that's right the grim fairy tales actually, i actually have a great god story and i read it somewhere and it i tell it as a joke now but it actually was a, a true story wherever i read it so little sally in kindergarten, drawing a picture. The teacher comes up and says, oh, Sally, what are you drawing? She says, I'm drawing a picture of God. And the teacher says, oh, isn't that great? Well, hmm, nobody's ever seen God. So how are you drawing a picture of God? And Sally goes, well, they're about to see him in a couple of minutes. And imagination, you know, imagination is right there. And I just love that. I
0: love it. I think that's a neat thing about children, too, is that they're so curious and they don't deny the power of their imagination. I'm not sure what happens as we, you know, kind of age in terms of years. But something does also get squashed inside of um, the thinking around it, not the thinking itself. But the thinking around it that, you know, going into the fantasy is um, not appropriate for adults, adult behavior. Um, So thank you for bringing that. So if there's something that you could say, you know, would bring more peace into the world, what would you kind of like to embrace or have us imagining with you?
1: Hmm. I really do believe, feel, experience that the way to bring more peace into the world is to do our inner work. I Peace within, peace without. You know, this, this really important point that you brought up about, you know, I can be marching for peace and then criticizing the Person who cut me off, or who you know is phoning me and trying to get my credit card number. I, I, the path to peace begins with me understanding that I'm not separate from anything or anyone. So, if that person who I'm pointing my finger at is uh, bringing up a reaction in me, if I can attend to that reaction. I can get to what's underneath it and return to the deeper knowing of who and what I am, the deeper understanding that there is no separation between me and what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing, then that judgment falls away, that fear falls away. So, you know, I see see a peaceful world as our consciousness evolves you know i see we're not we're not there now because really most of us and thank god we evolve at different rates but most of us are still in primitive brain you know maybe just the next level up so as our consciousness evolves and as we start to see you know i love to i love to fast forward to long future and, and look back and, and be those, whether they're people or AIs looking back at us and going, gosh, can you believe like they didn't know that we were all connected? And, and so to hold on to that vision of we're, you know, A, we're getting there. B, we're already there. There's nowhere to get, but just, you know, today in 2019, coming to 2020, if you're listening to this, let's, let's do our inner work. Like, let's look at what our, our minds are telling us and let's learn how to step back from what our minds are telling us and step into this broader perspective of who and what we are which is not different. It's the same. So that, that is, you know, that's the path to peace in my view. It's, it's, it's inner to outer. We've got to do the inner work first. We, we can do all the work on climate change in the world that we want, but if I am still separating myself from my neighbor, there's a, there's a big chasm there. You know, I've got to, I've got to look in here and I've got to do that deep work. And, and, you know, it's the old love thy neighbor. It, you know, it's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Because love thy neighbor as thyself. Why? Because my neighbor is myself.
0: Yeah. That's a powerful conversation right there. And, you know, I think in the practical world, I once heard a story about how the things that we put upon others are like um, a closet of clothes and and a costume. We'll just call it a costume um, department, right, As in the production world. And so here's this costume department and any of the costumes that we don't want to wear, whether it's self-loathing or anger or... Um, hatred whatever it is we literally take that costume out of the costume department and we go and give it to someone else <laughs> and when we put it on them we're like oh look at you wearing that costume and there's this little you know self-righteousness that comes up like god that's not mine <laughs> right? but we we have forgotten that we're the one that went into the costume department grabbed the costume <laughs> and gave it to the person
1: <laughs> yes oh my gosh yes that's right. We forget. We forget. So we need each other, you know. We need I so appreciate that you are doing this because we need each other. We need to remind each other and we need to share with each other and we need to say me too, you know. I mean that movement is like such a broader picture of yeah, me too, I'm human too, you know, and and I'm looking at you and I'm forgetting that I'm human too. So, yeah, we are all in the same boat. Well,
0: and so let's say we row that boat 10 years down the line here. You know, what, what, what does a best case scenario feel like in your world? In 10 years from now, what's the best possible world that you're living in?
1: The best possible world in 10 years is that these little pockets now of consciousness raising and uh, you know, even if you're not quite at "I am the planet," you could be at "you know, she is my mother." That those those pockets of real conscious awareness of our indivisible self with all that is have actually landed and. People are living and acting and taking action from that knowing that this is not woo-woo. This is not relegated to some other, um, you know, distant pocket of the spiritual bookshelf. That this is a broader understanding, a global understanding of, oh, yeah right. When I do that, it affects that because that and that are not separate and there's something too also in ten years, if there have been some scientists who have actually like proven in some way that energy is conscious, that energy has consciousness it's not just energy that it is consciousness, I think that will have a an untold impact on how we, how we evolve beyond 10 years from now. So, you know, I get depressed and I get, you know, I get, I go into hopeless despair, just like anybody else. And I'm excited because the the evolutionary organizing principle, it knows what it's doing. Even if we don't, it really knows what it's doing. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And I just hope You know, I heard Marianne Williamson say, "We're going to fly together. We're going to die together." I I want to fly together. You know, I really want to. Let's fly together. Let's get on board this thing and fly. And so I'm. You know, I have all the hope in the world for us figuring this thing out. You know, and getting on board with each other.
0: And you know what a great analogy, right? Let's let's fly together. I mean, think of all the destinations that you can go currently in an airplane. And think of, you know, you get on an airplane that may have 50 people in it, or you get on an airplane that has 170 people in it, or you get on an airplane that has 350 people on it, and you're all on a destination together. That is a great way of seeing what the 10, you know, 10 years could look like, you know, air peace, air peace. The more people that get on, it's okay. We have a vehicle that will take you. It's a bigger vehicle. It's not a problem. Nobody had to do anything to create that bigger vehicle. We just all had to agree to go together to the same destination.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that air piece. You know, and we were, to, so John Lennon, we were talking about earlier, imagine, he, he also said, declare peace. You know, he challenged these countries. Instead of declaring We he said, he said, declare peace. And again, it's just, it's so simple and yet it's so radical so let's just keep declaring peace whatever whatever that means i think we know i think we know what it means and let's how do we keep declaring it together air peace declare peace
0: oh that's lovely isn't it oh that was nice thank you air peace declare peace (laughs) that was great really great (laughs) divinely inspired well Thank you for being here today, and thank you for sharing um, with us a little bit of kind of spiritual direction. You know, sometimes we are lost, and it's nice to have a conversation with somebody who is willing to be vulnerable and who is willing to say the things that many of us are thinking, but we're not willing maybe to put in words or, you know, we're shy about saying, what if woo-woo was just a thing but not a thing that we're afraid of? We just do the thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much for who you are. Now tell everybody where we can find you in the future, either in the internet or in the world, where can we find you?
1: So you can find me on the website that I have celiamcbride.com. And from there you can find me all over the place I have ridiculous things on YouTube. And I have, you know, I, 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 do long-distance spiritual direction. I have clients on Skype and via phone. I lead retreats. and I do talks. So, but the website uh, has has all that information. So, CeliaMcBride.com.
0: Great. Oh, thank you, Celia, for being with us today. It was just really um, a delight for my heart and a joy too. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Malia. It's such a pleasure. I've had so much joy with you. If you would like more information,
0: please visit our website at peaceamplified.com. May you have peace in your heart, peace in your community, and peace in your world.